life. And it's in John 8, 31 to 32. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, I love it, the Jews that had believed him. He turns around and he says, if you hold to my teaching, you're really my disciples. Of course, then we, we could unpack this for ages. You know, if we love him, we'll obey him, right? We, come on. If, if we have a relationship then, with him, then we're, then, then we're obeying him, right? We're, it, it's, you can't separate those things out. But if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. We really want to be his disciples, right? Uh, Ray and I, one, one uh, messenger back-to-back, just unpacked. Uh, some chapters in John, but one of those things is, you know, uh, if, if, if you want to be known as the friend of God, if, if you want your joy to be complete in you, what's the command? It's obey my commandments. Obey my commandments. So we can go, oh man, I want, want, I want the joy to be complete in me. Well, then obey his commandments. I want to be a friend of God, then obey his commandments. The, to the Jews who had believed, he said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So, so we know the truth while we, while we are in fellowship with the, with the Lord, which is uh, given to us through the Holy Spirit of truth. And it's in that place as we obey his commands, we, we walk in the truth. I love that idea of, uh, in, in John 14, he says, I, I, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so that's the claim we were talking about earlier. You know, we would just be people making another claim if it wasn't for God himself, the creator of the universe, that actually gave himself to be the propitiation for us, right? If, if it wasn't for that fact, we would be standing on shallow ground, but it, it's the word of God. And it's, it's the word of God that we build on. It's, it, it's what faith is built on. You know, faith is, is, is built on hearing the word of God, right? It, it, it's, it's through the word of God that faith is built on. So, so we know this. But I, I just want to unpack something that just really hit me. Because if you actually look at that verse, um, <clears throat> and what's incredible in this is, if you look at the, the word behind Jesus saying truth, this is actually a word that's used 109 times, aletheia, and it means reality. That's, that's, that's the word that, that was defined to mean truth. If, 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 if you look in the Greek, it's actually the word reality, aletheia. Uh, aletheia was the, the reality as opposed to illusion, and that's where that, that, that word bases out of. So it, it's not just something that replaces truth in a, in, in a few contexts because we, we, we want to make sure that there are many, many scriptures and, and, and many things that we can just, right, we can just stand on. But this was used 109 times from the book of Matthew through 3 John, Aletheia, reality. So, so let's apply that with what Jesus was saying. I am the way, I am the reality, and I am the life. I am the way. I am the reality. In fact, there's a reference to actual reality, right? He's the ultimate reality. I am the way, the ultimate reality, and the life. So if we see it in that kind of context, it, it's just very interesting because, because for us, truth can mean so many different things. You know, if we try to define truth now, uh, and, and, and I'm, and I'm going to lead up to why I'm saying now. But 
truth now, and I'm, I'm, I wanted to take it out of something that I, I really enjoy and not just like pop culture dictionary, right? I don't mind that just to understand what people are thinking, but this is from Webster's. And I, and I really kind of, all right, all right, Webster's, it's good. But, but this is what truth means today. Truth means the body of real things, events, and facts. The body of real things, events, and facts. So, man, this, this is really here because I'm touching it. Uh, the, 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 the thing about that being defined as the way that we see truth now is that as you begin to go deeper, it says uh, truth is what many people begin to believe becoming the truth. Uh, wait, so, so you can have many people believing something and then that thing becomes the truth just because the majority of people believe it? Wait a second, something's wrong with that. Something's wrong with that. That's, that's not everlasting. That's not the foundational principles that the kingdom is built on of this steadfast God. What's going on here? Well, you have to go back before the Age of Enlightenment, right? You have to go back, 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 back in the English language to actually see where we got the word truth from. Check this out. Old English. Faith. Covenant. Whoa. I mean, we got the word truth from the word faith and covenant? Interesting. The old German, same, same, same thing. To be firm, steadfast. There's a steadfastness of what is actually the truth. There is a faith that we apply into what is the truth. There is a covenant that we come into that is only through Jesus Christ, the new covenant, where now we can see what the scripture means. The, the truth, it says in the word, is in Jesus. The truth is in Jesus. Reality is in Jesus. This is a reality that supersedes the reality that we've come to define truth as, right? What we can touch, you know, the, the, the fact that we can build stuff on because anymore that's, that's just right, in so many ways being, being redefined. So we have to go back to look at this idea of faith covenant, right? And, and, and uh, I, I talked about faith a little bit during worship, but um, this, this idea of, of, of faith, I mean, it's, it's just another one. Peace tease is the word for faith. And again, 238 times you see the word faith in the New Testament. It's the word peace tease, which means to be persuaded. I've been persuaded. Now, now we have to think about, like, sometimes we get this aspect and idea that, that, that faith is from God, and it's only from God, and through the rest of our lives, it will only be God up until the end, and we have little participation in it. I, I don't find the scriptures on that. I find the scriptures that, that says that he is the author, and he's the one that even brings us into a position to be persuaded. It's, it's faith comes from God. There's no doubt about it. But the working out of it is up to us. That's why I think it just says he's the author and the perfecter. And then if you open the book, there's a lot of pages between where it talks about the author and the very end, the perfection, right? There's a lot of pages in between that. So now if we begin to see faith as it's written, persuaded, then we see our part in it. 
Oh, I'm to live persuaded. How do we live persuaded? We live in the word of God. We're persuaded by the word of God. We're persuaded by being under the influence of the Holy Spirit. The spirit of truth, right? He's the spirit of truth. Wow. He's the spirit of truth. When the advocate comes, oh yeah, John 15, 26, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth, reality. He's bringing the real reality. You look around you and you try to define your reality, it can really mess you up. If you look around you to define your truth, it's a dangerous thing. It's a very dangerous thing. In fact, I'm going to read a scripture, man. This messes with me. But if, if you've received the Holy Spirit and he lives within you, you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. Now, listen, reality. Think of it from the position of reality again. But if you've received the Holy Spirit and he lives within you, you don't need anyone to teach you what is reality. For the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know. And what he teaches you is true. It is not a lie. It's not an illusion. It's, 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 it's the real deal. So just as he taught you, remain in fellowship with Christ. You know, that's the invitation. Remain persuaded. Remain in my word. You know, faith comes by hearing, right? We know that. We know that. We know that faith comes by hearing, right? And, and so, so we know that, that we hear the word of the Lord and we become persuaded by him. We have an encounter with the Lord in the spirit and we're persuaded we're persuaded. We become faith-filled. Listen to that again. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. Faith comes by hearing. Tie those two scriptures together. Faith comes by hearing. To walk in the truth is hearing the voice of God. That faith comes from hearing the voice of God. We're persuaded. We can become people of faith. And we live persuaded. We live persuaded that this reality is superseded by his reality. The way that the world has defined reality, the way that we every day face a reality of not having enough gas in the tank, yet we hear these stories of, of, of gas being filled. I, I heard this wonderful story during the um, Jesus, Jesus movement, and uh, it was a great story. I heard it the other day, and I hope it hasn't already been shared, and that's where I remember it from. But it was, a, but, um, it was just this this beautiful uh, thing where um, th this uh, car was out of uh, gas and uh, it was during the Jesus movement and um, and anyways uh, in instead of asking for money he actually asked for gas cans this minister he said bring me all the gas cans you can and so people went around and they found gas cans and they brought it and and people are scratching their head like why don't you just ask for money and go fill it up you know so uh, he prayed over the gas cans and this car was empty. They were going to fill someone's car that had run out of gas. And so people started bringing gas cans here and there. And, and, uh, and as soon as he prayed over the gas cans, gasoline started shooting out of the vehicle that was empty, like a siphon just shooting out. And they had to hold up. It was like a spigot uh, just shooting gasoline out of an empty car. I love that. There's, there's reality, and there's a reality that supersedes our reality. Right? Jesus is our reality. What he says is true, 
do we believe that? Are we persuaded? Are we in faith with what the word says is true? And therefore, we actually begin to walk out that truth. So let's kind of just go back a minute just to what I'd read at the very beginning. Now, now bearing in mind this idea of faith is persuasion and truth is reality, right? Let's, let's just kind of unpack that again. The reality we walk out is the persuasion that we walk in. The level of persuasion we walk in is the reality that we walk out. How persuaded are you with what the Lord says is true? Are you so persuaded that you believe that his reality will supersede your reality and you'll watch arms and legs grow back? Do we believe that food will multiply, right? Do we believe that, that that's just going to happen in our everyday life and it's not just for the poor? I love this uh, uh, um, Derek Chester Brown came here from South Africa and shared a story about Surprise, who's been at our church. And he said he was at Surprise's house, and Surprise brought out this, this little bowl of chicken. Anyone remember the story? And, uh, and, and it was just, so Derek, if you remember him, he's a big fella, like rugby player kind of big fella. And, and, and there was a full table around this little bowl of chicken. And, so, you know, I'm sure Surprise just blessed it. And so they all start picking chicken out of this bowl, and the whole time Derek's like, this ain't going to last. <laughs> this isn't going to last. And so they get around, and they all have a piece of chicken, and then they go around, and they have a, another piece of chicken. And then Derek notices that the bowl is still full after everyone's had chicken a couple times. And so he reaches over to count the chicken, and then surprised, just looked at him and went, that's when it stops. Man, I want to live that way. I, I want to think, well, Lord, you would only do it for the poor. No, ultimate reality is for you because when you walk out ultimate reality, when you live out persuaded, then you become the voice that need, people need to hear. Right? And that's, we live so persuaded that we begin to be that testament and that hope. He's not leaving us as orphans. He said he will ask the Father. He will give you another helper so you may be with you forever. The helper is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he remains with you and will be in you. I'm not going to leave you like orphans, he says. No. Because I live, you also will live. And that day you will know that I am in the Father and you are in me and I in you. The one who has my commandments keeps them is the one who loves me. And the one who loves me will be loved by my father, and I will love him and re reveal myself to him. Oh, man. And then, I love this, Judas, not as scared, turns around and says, Lord, what has happened that you're going to reveal yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus answers back, if anyone loves me, he will follow my word. Is that getting clear? And my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our dwelling place within him. The one who does not love me does not follow my words. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. Oh, thank you, Jesus. The Holy Spirit that you're sending will teach you all things and remind you of all that I said to you. We can live persuaded under the power of the Holy Spirit who constantly reminds us not only about the word of God right, 
But there's a rhema word too, as the Lord just, just gives opportunity and speaks through you to the people around you so that, so that they can hear. Who's going to hear if it, if it isn't preached? But, but we, live, we live in the reality of, of the Lord. So I, I want to unpack this just a little bit more, and I just want us to pull us in uh, to Peter, right? So if you think about it, if, if we see truth as reality, ultimate reality, a reality that supersedes, so what God says is, doesn't matter what I'm looking around me, Jesus models, Jesus models something for us in, in, in Isaiah chapter 11, the root of Jesse said, the spirit of the Lord was upon him. These are the seven spirits of God. Talk about fullness of God. These are the seven spirits of God that were manifest on Jesus the same way they're manifest on us through the Holy Spirit. The spirit of truth brings the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of strength, and the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Those seven things that are manifest on it. He says he delighted in the fear of the Lord. But then this, this, it hits me. It says he did not judge by what he saw. He did not decide by what he heard. Because he wasn't looking outside of himself for the truth, right? He wasn't looking outside of himself to define what reality is. If we look outside of ourselves to define what reality is, then what can happen is our reality can be redefined, right? And that's a dangerous thing. It can end up dictating not God's reality, not God's reality, which is ultimate reality. But it, it can begin to dictate us, and we can step out of being persuaded. We can step out of a position of being faithful to what the Lord has spoken and what the Word of God says, and we come into a different reality. So let's, let's go to Peter, right? So Peter is on, uh, and, and I love Peter, and, and I wish I could have been that one that says, Call me, Lord. <laughs> Think about all the disciples in that boat. I'm like, man, I sure hope that, that would have been me, right? <laughs> but, you know, and, and so, so he did, Peter does the impossible. How many of you know that according to the reality that was dictated by, uh, you know, what we see, right, the things that are around us, the things that are normal to us, the things that shouldn't be able to happen, Peter was well aware, and I think Peter could probably swim. I don't know how many people could swim, but I guarantee fishermen could swim. I just, I don't, that would be a death sentence otherwise, you know. But it's like he was well aware of what would happen if he didn't swim. He would sink. You know, he's a fisherman. He was well aware of this. But when his eyes were on Jesus, he entered out of the reality that we understand the, the physical laws that govern uh, what we consider reality, and he stepped into a new reality. Wouldn't it be cool if I just, anyways. But, uh, yeah. I'm, so, so the point is, you know, he steps out of the boat, right? Why did he step out of the boat? Was it because he's like, I'm going to challenge this storm. I'm going to challenge these waves. I'm going to be a person of faith. No, he was persuaded, right? That's where his faith originated, in Jesus, who's the author of our faith. That's where our faith comes from. He was persuaded, and in that persuaded place, he was looking into the eyes of Jesus, and suddenly there was a new reality that superseded the old reality. The old reality that does not make sense, that says gravity works. 
gravity works. We should not be able to walk on water. But his eyes were on Jesus. And because his eyes were on Jesus, he was persuaded. He was in a position of faith, walking out that faith and entering into a new truth, a new reality that says, I'm going to Jesus. And if I walk on water, I walk on water. But I'm going to Jesus. He's my lover. He's the one. It, it, he's the one that persuaded me. He's the one that drug me out of that old economy. And suddenly, I have faith in me now to believe that I can get to Jesus. Right? And, 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 and somewhere in it, he was just like, oh, man, if Jesus can do it, I could do it too. You know? I'm sure there was that aspect in there. But what happened is, is when, when, when he was walking on water, he began to let his external environment dictate a reality that wasn't God's reality. A reality that we, in so many ways, are taught, uh, perhaps we could say even subjected to in many ways. But as Christians, we have an opportunity, right, to live in an ultimate reality, which Christ Jesus gives us. An ultimate reality now that comes through one way, and that is this new covenant, Faith covenant, the original meaning of the word truth. Through faith, we access and we enter the new covenant into a new reality where this reality supersedes everything that we can imagine. Man, I am persuaded that the word of God is true. I'm persuaded that when Jesus says I need to obey him, I need to obey him. I'm persuaded that when he says go make disciples, that I need to make disciples. I'm persuaded by the word of God that, that he, he asked me to go. And so, therefore, man, I, I love him. You know, I, I, love, I love the word love, but, but, but love really in the kingdom is applied value. You know, what are you willing to, what's it willing to cost you? What are you willing to give up? What are you willing to let go of, you know, to, to, to love me and say, yes, I love you? Because it's applied value. It's, it's, it's you know, if we love the Lord, we're going to obey what he says. You know, if, if we love the Lord, then reality is reality. That we're accountable for every word. Reality is reality that there's a judgment day. Are, are we walking persuaded? Because if we walk persuaded that that is reality, then man, it's going to change how we live. But we cannot forget that this all starts, that he's the one that persuaded us, that it was the kindness of God and it was the love of God and the goodness of God that persuaded us, that we were persuaded that he is a good God and his word is true and he is faithful and he is just, right? But he's also merciful, right? We were persuaded of these things and therefore through the new covenant, we enter into a new reality. So as Peter began to see the storm, the winds and the waves, he went from ultimate reality into the reality of what he knew. Suddenly his external environment began to dictate his reality. Man, can we live in such a way, can we live in such a way that we are so persuaded? Why? Because we're hearing, we're hearing the word of God, we're in the word of God, and we're under the influence of the spirit of truth so that we stop judging by what we see, Isaiah 11, we stop deciding by what we hear, right? It's the spirit of truth. We, we don't let someone else define re your reality that is different than the word of God. Don't let somebody else define your reality that is different. What the spirit of truth resting on you, right, is leading you into, which is the truth, which is the word of God, 
which is reality. He's showing you what reality is available. And then we, persuaded in faith, walk into it. You know, the Roman centurion. Now, now just put the word persuaded there again. Tons of uses in the New Testament. Man, I've never seen such persuasion. He was persuaded. Never seen such greater persuasion. And just believing, man. Come on. Just believing just takes one touch. Just takes one touch. So our job is that God authored the persuasion, the faith, for us to be able to step into a new reality, which comes through the new covenant, right? And then the old word for truth, faith. I'm persuaded into this truth of this covenant, and now I walk it out. How we walk out this reality has to do with how persuaded we are. How persuaded we are has to do with how much we're going to walk out this ultimate reality that God gives to us. Think about all the promises of God that he gives us through the word. Think about all of the proclamations and declarations that come through the word. Could we just say, I am so persuaded that that is my reality. That's my reality. I don't care what my checkbook says. I don't care how bad my day was. I don't care how many people have harassed me or hurt me, right? I don't, I, I don't care what is done to me. I don't, I, 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 I don't care what the enemy's strategies are, right? We should know them, but, but, but whatever assault the enemy might bring, I am persuaded that I'm a part of a new reality. What Jesus did on the cross and what he afforded to us is our reality, and we, we walk in it convinced. We walk in it convinced. And then we walk in the way we go, hey, ultimate reality supersedes reality. I believe, we're, I, I want to see in my life something that the Lord showed me in a vision. He said, uh, he said very soon America uh, is on the, a collision course with the supernatural. Very soon America will not be able to deny the existence of the supernatural. And I just saw in this vision um, Two scenes from a McDonald's, and you've heard the story before. One was a, a, a lady, just a, a demoniac, and she was uh, just uh, this deep voice was speaking through her in the eating area in a McDonald's, and it was just so obvious it wasn't this woman. I don't know what it was doing. I couldn't quite tell, but it was like, I'm sure cursing. That's, that's what these things do, right? But anyways, it, all these people started grabbing their sandwiches and like just backing away from this area where this, this, this uh, demonized lady was, right? Immediately, the scene changes, and I see a teenager, 13, 14-year-old. He's in line waiting to put his order in at the order window. And there's a guy in front of him with a basketball shirt on, proud that he didn't have an arm. I mean, just visibly showing just a nub of, of the only thing that grew in place of that arm. And without asking permission, this 13, 14-year-old boy just reached up, just touched the nub. And you could hear, like, firecrackers going off in that McDonald's. Pow! As these bones started to pop and come into existence. Pow! 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 And then he kind of held his hand up like, I don't know, like the Terminator thing or whatever, but he held his hand up like this. And he was like looking, uh, this, this, this man that didn't have an arm was now looking at his arm, watching, watching like flesh and watching things appear on his arm watching like sinew and, and tissue and skin form on his arm as he was just staring at his arm. And you know what? People had that same reaction. <laughs> they were just like backing up. But, but listen, 
we have an opportunity every day to walk out ultimate reality. If we're going to walk out ultimate reality, we have to know what ultimate reality is. If we're going to walk out ultimate reality, we have to be persuaded of this ultimate reality because it's through faith that this is accessed, right? Gift from God, but it's through faith that the new covenant is accessed. If we're going to walk out an ultimate reality with Jesus, it's going to take us being persuaded, staying in the word of God. I know I'm touching this digital platform, but staying in the word of God, staying convinced of the word of God because we're, we're, we're hearing we're hearing his words. We're hearing his words. It comes by hearing, right? As we hear those words, we, we walk out those words. And we have this opportunity. So what the word of God says is true for us, and that is our reality. You know, I, I love these stories of people. Excuse me. Sorry. One of my spiritual grandfathers, Philip Mobier. Um, you know, he, 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 he was, a, he was a, a Hindu, and he found a couple pages of the Bible. And he would crawl under his bed and hide from his parents reading these couple pages of the Bible. Well, to my understanding, one of those pages is that Jesus calmed the storm. And so one day uh, when he had an encounter and he ended up uh, receiving Jesus, um, he made a commitment that he was going to... Um, he was going to uh, become a missionary and go and, 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 and share with the world. So he got on a boat, and the, he felt like the Holy Spirit was calling him to go to London, and that's where he was based until almost the end of his life. But as he was on this ship, there was such a presence of God in this man that the captain was aware of him and just the peace that was on this, on this man. It was a big ship. This was a big commercial liner. And, uh, and there was such a peace on Philip that... The captain was aware of him before he even went to his cabin. And, and he, he got this notice from the captain of, of the ship because they hit some kind of a monsoon or, sorry, um, whatever they call it in the, uh, is there a word for it in the ocean? Typhoon, thank you. All right, they hit a typhoon and they hit something going on. And uh, the captain of a modern ship was afraid they were going to capsize. I mean, they were afraid they were going under. And so he actually reached out to Philip because he was a man of peace and he was aware of Philip being on that boat and said, something's got to happen or we're sinking. We're, we're going down, right? So Philip, in the middle of this storm, raging seas, raging sky, went out and actually went out on the deck and uh, uh, opened one of the portal doors and he just said, peace, be still. And the sky broke, the black, light blue was the only thing you could see from no horizon, right? Just blue, blue ocean, calm, crystal, clear, like glass. What an opportunity to be a witness on that boat. What an opportunity to share about Jesus when he believed and he was persuaded that ultimate reality superseded reality. That what I am told or what I see, number one, it's not what I'm going to decide. Did not, Jesus, think about it. He delighted in the fear of the Lord. He did not judge by what he saw. He did not decide by what he heard because the spirit of truth was on him. Would you stand with me? Just stand with me this morning. The same spirit of truth is on you. And if you haven't received the Holy Spirit, I want to give opportunity for you. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I want to give opportunity 
to receive this help, the, the one that Lord sent, the spirit of truth. This morning, if you have just struggled in some areas that God's spoken over your life through the word, uh, through that rhema word that you would receive as well, and not just the logos, but it's the rhema that always goes back to the word of God. I remember Surprise planted some churches before he had a Bible. He was saved. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, he went and started church planting. He didn't have the Bible. And, and we realized that was a reality for well over, right, 1,500 years for the average person. They just didn't have access to the Word of God. So they had to rely on the Spirit of truth. They had to rely on the Spirit of truth. So he planted all these churches in the deep, deep, deep bush of Africa, things that you couldn't even get back to now. And, and one day he was able to get word to, to some of these groups that he was coming. And I can't remember, I think it had been around maybe eight or ten years as I remember. But actually, Roland Baker, Heidi Baker's husband, flew him there, and they went in this bush plane to get, it was that remote. And, and as they were going to a gathering that, I, I, um, that, that was meeting, uh, they came up on the gathering, and they were struck with the reality that the congregation was singing out of psalms. But they didn't have a Bible. And they, had, they, they hadn't had a Bible in 10 years. And as they sat down and were just awestruck with what the Holy Spirit was doing, then, then the minister, the, the, the person they put, got up and he began to preach out of the epistles. But he didn't have a Bible. The spirit of truth brings us back to the word of God. And I love that example because in the absence of a Bible, what did the Holy Spirit do? He, he brought him back to the word of God, right? He's the living word. He's the living word sent to us. He's the living word. The word was made flesh. The word was made flesh. God himself came for us. So we could stand on the reality that he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. So, Lord, we just thank you. This morning, what you are doing in us, Lord, may we be a people that are persuaded of your reality. May we be a people that are persuaded of your word and what your word is, says, what your word says is true. That we would live accordingly in such a way in the awe of God, in the reality of your reality, oh God, that those cycles would just break off of our lives, Lord, those, those entrapments of sin would just disappear under the awe of the exalted one, under the awe of the Lord and his goodness. Lord, that we would live accordingly in such a way <clears throat> that those commands that you give us, Lord, that we would be not only persuaded by, but we would walk out to see the fruit of those very commands that you give us become a reality in our lives and in the lives of others around us. We ask this in the mighty name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, I just ask for just fresh encounters, fresh outpourings. You know, it starts with the kindness of God. It starts being persuaded that he is a good God. He is a good God and he loves you. He didn't come in to condemn you. He came in to save you. Jesus came to save you today. He came to save you today. If you don't know the Lord, this is your opportunity to come into relationship with him. He loves you so much that he's touching you right now and giving you opportunity to be persuaded of his love. 
You know, I believe that when Jesus says, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. Uh, <clears throat> I love Larry and Gracia one time just unpacked that. He said, you know, there's two ways you can say that. If you love me, you'll obey my commands. Or there's the, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. If you know who I am, if you're persuaded by my love, if you're persuaded by my goodness and my kindness, then these things will follow accordingly. The Old Testament tradition was, no, you fear the Lord first, and then love will come. But that's, you know, that's what they built on, is, is that passage in, in, in Deuteronomy. But Jesus, quoting out of Deuteronomy, just not that chapter, says, oh, this is the greatest command. Love me, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's, that's where it begins, is in being persuaded that he is good and he loves you and the kindness of God draws you in. And then we want to live persuaded, but we can only be live persuaded by being people of the word. People of the word and people of the spirit. People of the word and people of the spirit. And, and the Lord just brings that reality of the truth of his word into our lives, and suddenly we are full of faith like that centurion, like that woman with the issue of blood. And we become those people persuaded to see an ultimate reality supersede this reality and watch, watch as lives are changed and transformed by the power of God. So God, we just thank you. God, we thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you are the author. Jesus and Holy Spirit, you are the one that comes along with continual truth so that we could live in a persuaded life that is full of faith, that is full of heaven's reality. And Lord, we just thank you for this in Jesus' name. Just invite some of the worship teams to come down. If you just like an encounter from the Lord, um, I know we don't always call for this. If, if, you, if you've never received Jesus or you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, I encourage you just to come down get prayed over this morning. If you need healing in your body, please come down as well. But just something else I'm feeling, I just want to invite, uh, I just want to invite some, just, just uh, some prayer. If, if you just need a touch from the Holy Spirit, if you just need an encounter from the Holy Spirit, if you need a counter from the Holy Spirit, we just invite you this morning. He wants to encounter you with his love. And when you, when you encounter his love, you're never the same again. You're never the same again. So this morning, if, if you're hungry for an encounter with God, just, just, just come up front. And uh, you, you can come up and, and pray with these teams, or you can just come up front. You can just come up. He's the one that fills you. He's the one that fills you. He's the one that fills you. If you're hungry and you're thirsty after, for his righteousness, then come on up. And the promise is, You'll be filled. You can believe that. This morning, if you need an encounter of the love of God, you encounter the love of God, just come on up right now. If you're hungry for it, Jesus, I thank you that through your grace we can encounter you. Oh, God, through your grace we can encounter you. Jesus, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I'm going to be up front here. If anyone is just hungry for that, just come see me. I just want a prayer of you, just for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Bless you guys. Don't forget to get your children next door. <sighs> Otherwise, we will put them to work cleaning around the campus and
maintaining this facility. Bless God for this facility. Haha. <laughs> and bless you. Make sure you encourage each other. Don't forget, we have this awesome opportunity. Melissa Vanderlyn is going to be bringing another teaching on the truth uh, this next week. So get ready. Amen. <laughs>